Welcome to the Aspieland Podcast. I'm your host, John Allen. Come with me on an adventure into the world of Asperger's Syndrome, also called Autism Spectrum Disorder. Everyone is welcome here, whether you have the disorder or you're interested in learning more about it. We're here to help you understand, share, and relate. We're just about to get started, so come on in. Hello and greetings once again. My name is John Allen, and I'm your host for another installment of Aspieland. Of course, all folks are welcome here, whether you have Asperger's Syndrome, Autism Spectrum Disorder, as it's called now, and especially for those of you who do not have Autism Spectrum Disorder. This podcast is entitled, What's the Deal? And it's all about the basics of what Asperger's Syndrome is all about. For those Aspies joining our podcast, we'll go over some basic ideas, most of which you're going to be familiar with, but are all the more important to understand them more thoroughly. For those of you who do not have Asperger's Syndrome, this is a primer, if you will. I'll be explaining about what Asperger's Syndrome is, but more importantly, how it affects hundreds of thousands of people. A quick announcement or two before we dive into our topic. Remember that you can catch us on the web at aspieland.org. Do not use the WW at the beginning, so just type aspieland.org. Once you get there, you can read our mission statement. You can link to the podcast, so obviously you're listening to this one. You can read my short bio if you want to laugh. You can subscribe to Aspieland so that we have you on the mailing list. And if you'd like, you can donate to the work here, both for the website and the podcast, to keep us going. If you'd like to comment on the podcast or just say hello, or if you have a question, you can reach me at aspieland.org at gmail.com. Let me give you that again. aspieland.org at gmail.com. Okay, enough of all of that. Let's get started on what's the deal? Okay, Asperger's syndrome in some places is described as a neurodevelopmental disorder. However, it needs to be said that Asperger's, while it affects children and their development to some degree, it is not entirely developmental. To be more accurate, it is what I call a neurological processing disorder. Now, Asperger's syndrome was named after an Austrian psychiatrist and pediatrician by the name of Hans Asperger, or as we English call it, Asperger's. Now, he was born in 1906, died in 1980, and in 1944, he was the director of the University of Vienna Children's Clinic, and he was appointed the chair of pediatrics there. It was later when an English psychiatrist by the name of Lorna Wing popularized the term Asperger's syndrome in 1981. Interestingly enough, the first book written in English on Asperger's syndrome was written by Uta Frith, don't ask, I don't know, as recently as 1991, that's not too far back, and it wasn't recognized in formal diagnostic manuals, what are called the DSMs, until 1994, which shows you how recent all of this is. Now, before I go any further, let me point out that there's a significant difference of opinion among those in the mental health community regarding Asperger's syndrome. 
There are those who claim that Asperger's is a condition in its own right and should be treated as such. And there's another side of the coin where they say that Asperger's syndrome is nothing more than autism with slight irregularities. There are big differences between Asperger's syndrome and autism. Yes, they share some similar traits, but there are still some significant differences. The first of these is a matter of intelligence level. Aspies tend to have above average intelligence than autistics. In fact, most with Asperger's syndrome tend to have a very high level of math skills, even higher than most neurotypicals in many cases. I personally failed algebra, so I'm not sure how I missed out on that one. Anyway, Aspies are also highly creative thinkers and are generally very imaginative. Many of them become accomplished musicians, artists, and writers. Another big difference is that Aspies do not have any language impairments, either developmentally or otherwise. They have no trouble learning or using language, as most autistics tend to have a great deal of difficulty with or complete absence of language development. Aspies also have little or no trouble with speech impairments, like stuttering or finding words that correlate to thoughts. Asperger's syndrome is a lifelong disability whether you're diagnosed as a child, a teen, or an adult. I like the way the National Autistic Society in the UK describes Asperger's syndrome. They call it a condition that, and I quote, affects how a person makes sense of the world, processes information, and relates to other people. Now they nailed it, because it's not just the ability to talk or pay attention, it's the way an Aspie sees, hears, and feels each moment around them. Now, most people that have Asperger's syndrome are affectionately called Aspies. It's a nice short way to describe themselves without using a long name or a couple of letters. Conversely, those who do not have Asperger's syndrome are normally called neurotypical. Neuro having to do with the brain and mind and typical, which is another way of saying normal. Sometimes we Aspies may say you're an NT which is just a shortcut version of neurotypical, if you will. Neither of these terms is meant in any way to be derogatory. They're just simple, easy ways to say complex titles. All right, cut, print, moving on. <laughs> now, it is said that the human body sends 11 million bits of information to the brain for processing every second. That's a lot. Yet the conscious mind is able to process only 50 single bits per second. The human brain filters out all that extra stuff, leaving only the 50 bits of information that it can actually consciously process. Now for neurotypicals, the brain normally filters out much of each minutes or periods of time of information. For example, let's say you're sitting in the room during a party. Now, you may hear the music in the background and see people doing things while having a conversation with someone. Not a problem, right? Now, consider this. For an Aspie, they not only notice the things you notice, but they're fully conscious of each conversation in the room. Or the sound of ice clinking in a glass. The sound of someone opening a can of soda in the next room. The sound of the music, including the artist, and the title of the song, and golly gee, was that a song I liked in school? 
that kind of thing. They notice the heat in the room, the air flowing past them, the lights, what color are they, how bright are they, the details of the room, the color of the walls, the windows, are they open, are they closed? Chairs, oh, that's a high back chair, that has a cushion on it, that one doesn't. Or the tables, hey, that's a nice long table, oh, that one has snacks on it, oh, this one has this. They even notice the sound of shoes on the floor, utensils clinking against plates, and they notice people's hands as they talk, as they're moving their hands around. Pretty much everything in the room. It is all in the fully conscious mind that must be processed each moment because Aspies lack the sensory filters that NTs have naturally. Asperger's is sometimes referred to as a hidden disability. By that I mean you can't tell a person has Asperger's syndrome by looking at their outward appearance. Some adults who are recently diagnosed have actually learned to fake it and mask their disabilities over the years in order to survive in the real world, not even knowing that they have Asperger's. Now, it needs to be made clear that once we learn to understand both the life in Aspieland and the life in the neurotypical world, a person with Asperger's syndrome can live a full, rich, and independent life. Okay, here are some more basic issues for Aspies. Now, I may not get to all of them, as there are quite a few, so we may come back to these things in another podcast and delve a little deeper into certain ones that may need more discussion. You remember the information overload we just talked about? Well, that's one of the only commonalities between autism and Asperger's. The difference is that an autistic doesn't understand how to deal with all of that information. When an autistic person or an Aspie reaches a point to which they can't take in another thing, I call it information overload, or they reach a point to where something is thrown completely out of whack, it causes what I like to call a trigger. It's a flashpoint or a breaking point, if you will. Once a trigger is set, there's usually a reaction. For autistic children, for example, the reaction may be running away or crying or lashing out. Those of us who are Aspies seemingly have the ability to anticipate the trigger and actually do something about it. And then, in effect, we diffuse the explosive reaction that can easily result once the mind becomes overwhelmed. One time I saw this video that was done by the National Autistic Society in the UK, and it's called Too Much Information. It was a campaign that they were running. And this video had this mother bringing their child, and I can't remember if it was a boy or a girl now, and it doesn't really matter, uh, into a mall, back when malls were open, okay? Um, and this child was walking through the mall, and it, and it showed it, the video was from the eyes of the child and the ears of the child, and it showed what the child was seeing and hearing and all the things that were going on. Well, towards the end, he got to that breaking point and then started pulling on the mother and trying to get away and running and crying. And, and the mother obviously was a, it, totally embarrassed and people were staring at the kid. Well, okay, that's kind of what I'm talking about. If you get a chance, by the way, go to the National Autistic Society in the UK. You'll have to mention UK or you'll get another site and look up TMI 
and that's called Too Much Information Campaign, and you'll see it. They have a whole bunch of videos. They're very interesting. Keep in mind, they are aimed at the autistic, not the Asperger's. Try to keep that in mind, because in autism, the reactions can be much more severe simply because they don't know how to communicate effectively any other way. Now, for those of us who are Aspies, we, because we can recognize the trigger, can change our behavior so that the destructive reaction can be subdued, or we can even make it constructive. We do that by, say, leaving the room or trying to involve themselves in something else. Like if I'm at dinner with my family and it gets to be too much, I'll get up and just, I'll go, I'll do the dishes and I'll walk into the kitchen and do the dishes. Because then I take myself out of that overload and put myself into something more serene, if you will. Uh, sometimes we'll even zone out. I'll do that as well. <laughs> my wife has told me about that. Anyway, I'll zone out and you'll look like a deer in the headlights where you're kind of looking out, but you're not really present in the room. That's another way of escaping the trigger. Nearly all of us who are Aspies want to be social like everyone else. They want to be part of the group, be able to make friends, but issues with social skills get in the way. Let me describe some of those issues for you. One of them is having difficulty understanding gestures facial expressions, or tone of voice. If we're talking with someone, we may have difficulty understanding the look on their face. I know how sometimes you'll talk to somebody and they'll change their face when they're not really listening to you anymore. Well, those of us who are Aspies have trouble recognizing that. And so we kind of have to think harder while we're doing that because we've got other things we're thinking about because of all this other information that's coming at us. We also have difficulty knowing when to start a conversation and choosing topics to talk about. Now, I've done this before. Before I knew I had Asperger's, I'd walk up to the guys that are talking and I want to, oh, I want to join their conversation. And I'd walk up and say something stupid like, I saw 50,000 grizzly bears at the grocery store. And they'll turn around and look at you, you know, kind of like, ah, what's wrong with this person? Well, naturally they should. And that's because the Asperger's causes you to have a little trouble figuring out exactly when to jump into a conversation. Or if you're trying to meet someone for the first time, an Aspie will come up and not know what to say. So they won't say anything. Or they'll say something that doesn't make any sense. And that's just part of the Asperger's. We can also be very literal in what we say. We don't use euphemisms and uh, things like that. And we have difficulty understanding jokes or metaphors or sarcasm because uh, we just don't we just don't get it. You know, sometimes somebody will tell me a joke. I'll be in a I'll be in a, a group of people, and somebody will say a joke, and they'll all laugh, but I don't get the joke. So what I will do is I will mask the difficulty. I will mask my Asperger's by laughing with everybody else and walking away not having a clue what the joke was about. Now, as far as all of these things I'm describing, you have to remember that each Aspie has their own level of severity of each of these things and many others that I'm going to describe a few of right here. So you have to keep that in mind that not everybody has every single thing I'm talking about. And not everyone has 
the severity of it that may another one may have. They may have less of this and more of that. And that's what makes us all unique. And it makes it a challenge for those of you who are neurotypical trying to reach into or understand someone who has Asperger's. You just have to be patient and you have to be willing to listen and just try to let them figure it out while you're figuring it out. Let me get back to a couple more things that are routinely situations that Asperger's plays a part in. Most Aspies love routine. We love doing the same things over and over because we're trying to make the world less confusing. So we have these little self-made rules or rituals. Children, for example, who have Asperger's syndrome will insist on walking the same way to school every time. It doesn't matter. And, and if you disrupt that, they get upset when you disrupt that rhythm that they have. Sometimes in an adult, it'll show up as uh, how they get to work. They'll take the same route every day. Or when they go to the store, they'll take the same route. Or they'll take a route that only has right-hand turns. Something that's familiar. Even if the road, now if the road is blocked because of construction or something, that upsets us. And it makes a lot of anxiety for us because the routine has changed. That's another one. I like to wear the same clothes. That's a very common thing in Asperger's is to want to wear the same thing over and over and over because, hey, these are nice clothes. I like these. I'll wear them again. Nobody will notice. Well, after about two or three days, people are going to notice you're not only wearing the same thing, but that same thing is starting to get a little <laughs> difficult to tolerate. Let's put it that way. Okay. Another one is sensory issues. We have, it could be sight, it could be sound, smell, or taste. As an example, for me, I like my food hot. I like my food right off the skillet. If you bring me a burger and fries, and those fries are cold, I'm going to get upset because I don't like cold food. That's a sensitivity that those of us who have Asperger's have to deal with. Another issue for those of us who have Asperger's is a special interest. Sometimes we have a real deep, intense interest in something. Could be a video game, playing with dominoes, it could be anything. Sometimes the interests can be lifelong, and sometimes one interest is replaced by another one as you get older. Let's say you work with someone who has Asperger's. One of the ways you can make and help them be more productive for themselves and for your company is to find that interest, find that and kind of lean into that and help them build their creativity in that interest that works in your interests. And then everyone is kind of happy that way. Now, those are only a few things on the long list of difficulties that those of us who share Asperger's syndrome have to deal with every day. There are more of them, and we'll come back to some more of them as we can. Like I said, we'll delve deeper into a few of them when the opportunity presents itself. Now, it looks like we've run out of time for this podcast, and I hope you'll join me for the next one two weeks from now on the same day. We'll have them every two weeks. And in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe if you get a chance. I'd love to hear from you and uh, how you are and where you're from. That would be really nice. I will certainly write back to everyone who sends me an email, okay? That's a promise from me to you. See you next time. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Remember to make sure to subscribe to our podcast and catch up on more information via our website at aspieland.org. 
If you'd like to donate to my work with this podcast, look for the donate page on aspieland.org. Thanks for visiting, and I hope you'll listen again.